Hello and welcome to episode 73 of Fish Across the Pond, Marlin's UK podcast. I'm your host, Peter Pratt. And for today, our final NLDS preview pod. Yes, the fourth of four. With all the hype over the past three pods, it was time to balance things a little bit. So, with that in mind, delighted to welcome on, firstly, Bob, of course, from Braves in the UK. Bob, how are we? Four shows, more shows than all the games in this series. Hello, Pete, how are we? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing well, buddy. Great to have you on. And, uh, I didn't say which way I would add, didn't. but yeah, okay. You didn't, you didn't. I, you know, hold the predictions back. You know, we, we'll get to them. Um, but great to have you on, buddy. I'm looking forward to this one. We spoke earlier in the season um, for, for this podcast, but, um, you know, I think I'm, I'm delighted that we're talking again. Let's put it that way. So, um, yes. finally, to round off this trio for this podcast, delighted to welcome on for his first ever appearance on, on this podcast. Uh, it's, it's the man behind Austin Riley's Rakes Twitter account or handle, however you phrase it. Alex... How are we? I'm doing well, sir. How are you? I'm awesome, buddy. I'm awesome. I'm absolutely pumped for this for this uh, game one tonight. Uh, I say I'm, tonight. Um, it's it's going to be a daytime game for for you guys in the U.S. But um, correct, yes. We're we're unfortunately getting used to that over here at this point. Y- yeah, exactly. Alex, what's more inconvenient, doing this show at eight a.m. Eastern or watching the Red Series at midday last week? Oh, it's certainly the Red Series. Uh, right. I was I was in the middle of my work day for uh, for both of those games. Uh, I, I've been quite fortunate, though. Uh, I've been working with fellow baseball fans. So we've we've had the, the feed streaming on our phones while I've been at work. Um, and uh, yeah, look, I, I mean, it, it's I'm getting paid to to watch the Braves at this point, the way I see it. Well, happy days. That, that's a perfect position to be in. Um, I'm not. In, I'm not getting paid to be watching the Marlins. I'm not being paid to, to do these podcasts. But not. Not no, yet. Have, anyway. Not yet, not yet. <laughs> it's not the dream yet. we all aspire to. Exactly. Listen. I. You know. It's. It's death by a million paper cuts. That's the. That's the method with this podcast. We just keep pumping them out there. But anyway, guys, looking forward to this one. I'm excited for for the series. Think. Um. I love the matchup, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um. But between both fan bases. Who knows on the field, but it's going to be good. Guys, we need to start this off, though. I need to congratulate you. I think you have won your first postseason series since 2001. Yes, Yes, baby. Let's go. Whoa. We still haven't got past the NLDS. That's how good we are. (laughs) Wow. I mean, oh, I couldn't believe that stat when I saw that pop up saying, you know, congrats, our first postseason win. It's it's the it's remarkable given the amount of times we've we've been to the postseason. Yeah. You, you it's it's easy to forget because you you think of the Braves and you think, of course, they're winning National League East titles left and right, and yet the playoffs seem to be a problem for us. Uh, until this year, luckily, it's been uh, it's been a fun celebration this week, but it's uh, it's back to business today. Absolutely. How would you summarize that that Red series? It was a two game. Obviously, you swept them. Um, how would you summarize that series? Um, it it was it it was as 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 good as any Braves fan could have hoped for. Uh, I, we knew what we were getting into with with the Reds pitching. 
Uh, obviously, Bauer and Castillo. Luckily, we didn't have to see Sonny Gray. That would have been uh, another difficult matchup for us. Um, but we, we couldn't have asked for any better. Uh, it, it went exactly as I think most of us would have scripted it. Awesome. Any Anything further to add from you, Bob, or has oh, Alex that, got it covered? That game one, I was... <laughs> game, oh, my goodness. One was quite an experience. I mean, it started at 5 p.m., and I was like, you know, it finished at like 10 to 10. I'm like, man, I want to go to bed. Um, yeah, that was, that was quite the experience. That would not have been the game to lose. And then really, like, for all the things that could have happened in game two, that was about as serene a game as possible. Like I know it took to the eighth inning until we kind of blew the game open. Um, but yeah, for all the talk about starting pitching, the two guys stepped up. Um, and yes, it, it does feel a bit like, okay, have we ended the hoodoo and we're back where we always are? Um, but yeah, couldn't have gone any better. What was that a postseason record? I think the Reds went 22 innings without scoring a run, 23 innings without scoring a run. Um, so we've got that, if nothing else. There you go. There you and go. It guys. went. It it went about as well as it as as we could have hoped because uh, of the rotation issues that the Braves have. Uh, it, it's obviously in in our best interest to finish these series as as quickly as possible, uh, because once you get past two or three games, there there are some huge question marks for us. Absolutely, and we'll, we'll dive into that in a sec. I just wanted to to quickly kind of end the um the wildcard series you know your summary of the braves um sounds fair i'd say the marlins had exactly the same experience just I, I, you know you guys probably didn't watch those games but very very similar experience for us where we pitched very well and you know we handled the cubs you know to go into Wrigley and, 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 and the opposition it. inexplicably didn't score any runs right it's <laughs> just like the reds <laughs> i saw game two and it was like yeah Exactly. Um, they the the lineup looked to be cold. Let's describe it that way. I, I don't think I don't think they came in full of confidence. And um, anyway, the 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 net result is we both swept uh, the the opposition. We both pitched well. Um, we go into this series, I think, equally excited. So let's dive into it, guys. You know, Alex, you touched on it then. The the rotation. I think it's right for us to start there because well. Here's what we know. We know for the Marlins going, you have um, Sandy taking the ball first up today, followed by Pablo, followed by Sixto. So that's our three. We're set. You guys have got... Oh, it's Pablo before Sixto. Pablo before Sixto, correct. Okay. Yeah. It, it didn't go that way for the, the Cubs. Obviously, Sixto went, but, but Pablo's in um, for game two. And you guys have gone Freed, Anderson, and Carl Wright. Is that correct? I, yes, sir. Awesome. So, Bob, I must say, I've seen your the Twitter handle going all year, and it's been various updates on, on the Braves' rotation to say the Braves are trying to win with one pitcher, with two pitchers, with no pitchers. I mean, <laughs> how could you summarize this rotation, mate? Um, I, I think it's about the, the best we could possibly hope for. I mean, we've had, like, two really good starts out of Carl Wright recently, or probably three. Um, and I think it's like, okay, well, you know, you, you may not be an ace, but you might have to act like one for the next couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, the, the real breakout's been Ian Anderson. And I think it's like, you know, obviously it'd be ideal if we could win the, win the series in three games. Um, I think it was why it was so imperative that we didn't go to game three against the Reds because 
as good as Carl Wright's looked over three starts, has been much more bad than good for him over the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, in this series, we're going to find out. It's not the it's not the hardest uh, lineup in the world to be pitching against. Like you know, he pitched through the Mets and the and the Nationals in the last couple of weeks, so so that's there. Um, yeah, so you know, no doubts about Freed looked really good in Game One. No doubts about Anderson looked really good in Game Two. Um, and yeah, I think it's about you know. Where is the series at when Kyle, you know, is Kyle Wright pitching to, to keep the Braves in the series or is he pitching to win the Braves the series? That's where where that'll go, um, you know, and also it depends on stuff like bullpen usage and things like that. If the Braves are 2-0 up, they might just tell Wright, give us four good innings and then we'll go to the bullpen on the base and we think we can win it today. Mm. Um, so, yeah, like all things considered, it definitely could be better. Um, we, we, we're feeling the loss of Mike Soroka. We're feeling the loss of, well, sort of feeling the loss of Cole Hamels. Um, but yeah, like given that three weeks ago it felt like it was going to be Max Freed and a lot of question marks, I feel like it's Freed Anderson and we can just about pencil and Carl Wright. So three is enough, guys. Like game four, I think would be a bullpen day or, you know, piggyback two or three guys. Um, but yeah, no real complaints given when, when Max Reed hit the IL, it was like, okay, we got nothing. Um, We've we got three guys I think we can be reasonably confident in. I think that was the point, Bob, when, when you'd gone to, right, the Braves are going a zero starting pitcher um, technique, you know, when, when Freed went down. And, and I Can really... you call a one-man pitching staff of rotation was my kind of big <laughs> thing. Like, yeah. Can you rotate through one guy? Uh, we're going to find out if you can rotate through three, though, I suppose. I guess so. Um, Alex, what about, just give us a quick, quick update on Freed, because he had a stint on the, uh, on the IL, he also came out of the game against the Marlins. So the last time we saw him, he came out of the game, but he's obviously back and pitched in, in the wild card. So he's full strength, right? Uh, to the best of my knowledge, yes. Um, his, his IL stint, uh, in, in my estimation, was, was more fatigue-based than, than injury-based. Uh, we saw a, a distinct drop in his fastball, fastball velocity o- over the prior two or three starts to his uh to his il stint um normally his fastball will sit somewhere in the mid 90s and it it was to the point where he was he was struggling to get it out of the high 80s um which which is obviously a concern and and especially so for a for a team with with such uh troubles in the starting pitching rotation obviously so uh gave him a rest uh he came back looked like he had his velocity back so that was good to see and then uh, of course, as you mentioned in the in the game against the Marlins, had the had the uh, the ankle scare. Um, it didn't look too bad watching it back on film, but uh, I think pulling him from that game was mostly out of out of an abundance of caution rather than uh, rather than again an actual injury. So uh, I, I fully expect to see uh, the Max Freed that we've seen the vast majority of this season today, uh, and uh, and and hopefully we uh, we we get some good good pitching out of them. How good do you think Freed is? You know, to me, I personally think he's been perhaps the best pitcher that we've seen, maybe apart from DeGrom, but he's he's up there for me. What about you? He's absolutely fantastic. I mean, his his complement of pitches is is incredible. When when you can go from uh, from a 95, 96 mile an hour fastball to one of the best curveballs in in the game, uh, it, it, you're just going to have pitcher or uh, you're going to have batters 
you know, falling over themselves to, to attempt to hit it most of the game. So it's, it's fun to watch. And, and especially, you know, given that, that, you know, two, three years ago, he was, he was playing for us and, and not having these results, we've gotten to watch him develop into what you're seeing today. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, very, very exciting and a lot of fun for us Braves fans. Absolutely. Yeah. Freed's start last week was his first postseason start. Um, and that, that's more wild more to think about. Snicker. Yeah. More on Snicker and co for, ballsing it up last year but yeah that's that's kind of strange given that he's probably been our best pitcher for the last two years yeah do you know what i like about him he just seems fearless on go and just pitching inside like in in the the marlins games he was just peppering the guys the right-handed guys just inside no fear fastballs in there no problem so love it um it's going to be a great matchup Interestingly, though, as well, guys, Sandy goes for us. I don't think you've seen Sandy this year. So, you know, Sandy was one of the guys that went on the COVID um, list um, and came back towards the end of the season. And I don't think you've seen him. So that's interesting in itself. Um, We've obviously seen a couple of freed starts. Um, Obviously, you've seen Sandy historically, so it's not a brand new guy. But, um, Bob, what do you think about, you know, the Braves matching up with the Marlins in this? It's a familiar opponent, right? We've played each other 10 games already this season. Do you think that helps? Or would you have preferred the Cubs and coming in fresh, haven't seen each other? Well, there's no Jordan Yamamoto, right? So that's like 15 of those 29 runs from that game. Uh, I'm assuming he's not on your roster. I'm assuming he's not on your roster, yeah. Um, when they kind of, when uh, when Don Mattingly just left him out there to die. Um, <laughs> that was tough, right? Oh, Donnie. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, would I rather face the Cubs? Like, I, I don't think there's a huge amount of difference between the Cubs and the Marlins, other than perception. Um, you know, you would have gone against Hendricks and you Darvish. That's bad. Um, or the Marlins rotation. I mean, you know, there's the there's a the thing about Sixto where, you know, when, you know, I still wonder whether there's something about, you know, you see a picture of the first time and you're kind of all out, all over the shop. And then what was it? Ten days later, two weeks later, they faced Sixto again. Um, and I didn't, I don't recall that game particularly well. I don't know whether they changed their approach that much or they were just picking him up a bit better, but the, the Braves did a bit more damage that time around. Mm. Uh, I think it probably helps, um, but it's pretty marginal. Like, I, I don't, I don't feel hugely confident about this series, but I wouldn't have done either way. So I, I don't think having a familiar opponent changes the dynamic all that much. Yeah, I, I just feel like the Braves the past few years, it's just been, they've just hammered the Marlins. You know what I mean? Like, it's just been a real tough, tough run for us. And albeit we've been heavily rebuilding. So, you know, this year it was six and four in, in the 10 games. And obviously one of them, <laughs> the game you've referenced, the 29-9, which, you know, got out of hand quickly. And I mean, for me, there should be a button you can press. Don Manningly should press it and go, listen, we're done. You know, um, just call it off. We, we, we concede because, uh, I mean, you guys probably enjoyed that, but I, I definitely didn't. Although I did still feel in it. Like, even though when we were like 15, eight down, that's like, we can still come back. And we didn't. It was a chaotic. Well, we, it was a chaotic three or four innings. I mean, there was the, there was the, that kind of, you know, like ten went one way and then six went the other. And it's like, oh god, here we go. Yeah. Uh, well, without uh, without Yamamoto or Tommy Malone on our respective rosters, I think we're going to see far more run of the mill baseball games this week. 
you'd expect so. Uh, guys, one guy who just talking about rosters and, and who isn't on the roster, and for me, this is perhaps the biggest name that won't be on there just because of the matchup, is Jose Arena, uh, who is uh, who broke his arm in the last game of the season uh, with a comebacker. Um, so it, it's fair to say there's been some interesting situations with uh, with Ronnie, with with, Acuna, uh, with Arena, and um, for me, I think it takes a little bit of spice out of the series. Like it would have been, everyone would have just been on pins waiting to see what happens. But I guess maybe it's not a bad thing that that kind of distraction's kind of taken away too. But I don't know. Just in terms of rosters as well, guys. Um, what, what what kind of decisions have we got? Have you got to make? Obviously, you had a three-game wildcard series, as did the Marlins. We're going into a five-game, a potential five-game series. Um, have you got any decisions you think you need to make kind of before the game today, you know, more pitching, more pitches added to it, perhaps? I, I don't think there's anything major that's going to happen with, with our roster versus what we saw in the wild card series. Uh, the, the, the only moves I expect to be made is, is adding Bryce Wilson and Enoa to, to the roster. Uh, since of course we'll need more pitching available. Uh, and I, I suspect it would be, Charlie Culberson and Pablo Sandoval that that are left off to make that room. Pablo Sandoval was he on the roster? He was he on was. the roster for the wild card series. Wow. Yes, sir. <laughs> wow, I didn't even realize that. Wow. Oh yes, we got we we've got a panda in Atlanta now. There you go, panda panda. Love it. That's uh, well that that was I mean well like you said we may not he may not make it through into the NLDS um, roster. Um, I guess yeah, more pitching for you guys. If it goes, just kind of going back to where we started on rotations, if it goes to a fourth game, let's say it's 2-1 Marlins, game four, um, who goes? What do you reckon the Braves do there? Do they Could they fire free back up, get him going, or are they just going to bullpen? No. bullpen I, I, I can't not imagine. Not on two days rest. Like, I mean, you could have him, you know, if it's – if you need three outs and you've burnt for a bullpen in game four, you can maybe warm up three for an inning. But I mean, if the Braves are two on down, they probably want three for game five. Um, I know you, you have to get there, but but they'd be, you know you want to burn him and then not have anyone to pitch the next day. Um, depends on the series scoreline. I mean, I guess also you know it could only be two one or one two. Um, but yeah, I, I would think it would be. I still suspect Bryce Wilson starts that game. I mean, it'd be him or Inwar. Um, and then, you know, if the Braves are 2-1 up, it'll probably just be everyone's got a really short hook. You know, let's get through two or three guys to get to the sixth inning. And then, you know, if we're ahead, just run with the bullpen we've got. But, yeah, with, with a 28-man roster, there aren't that many major decisions. It's not like last year when it was 25. Yeah. Um, you know, like they can they can carry 15 pitchers and, uh, you know, in an old – I don't know, old postseason roster, you probably couldn't carry any more than 13. So, um, no, I don't think there's any major decisions. They'll add more pitches, but, you know, the, with the DH2, like, you, you don't need four or five bench bats. Like, they might carry a, you know, they might carry a Contreras again, so they've got a third catcher, gives them the option to DH Darnell if they want to do that, and I think they mm -hmm. might. Um, but, yeah, other than that, it'll be just having a few more bodies in the bullpen. Yeah. And one thing I think uh, is worth noting is, is – it's easy to forget in the wild card series with the with the great starts we got from Max Fried and Ian Anderson, the bullpen still covered nine innings in those two games. Um, so we, we're quite fortunate to have the bullpen we have, and and I think we're 
were fully capable of, of putting together uh, an entire game with, with the relief arms that we've got. And um, should also mention for all of the, uh, the, the, the flack that Brian Snicker has taken amongst Braves fans occasionally for making questionable bullpen decisions. Uh, he, he put on an absolute masterclass in the, uh, in, in the, in the wildcard series to, to make things work after, uh, after Freed and Anderson got pulled. Yeah, I think it helps when there's a DH and there's no pinch hitting decisions to make. Fair enough. I, you know, I don't know that in a what was it? It was a zero zero game in in game one, and then it was a one zero game in, in in game two, going the sixth or the seventh. Um, there probably would have been in a normal year there would have been pinch hitting decisions there, and and those are often a source of controversy. The fact that you don't have those, I think, makes it easier to manage uh i'm not trying to take anything away from snicker i'm just i think i'm just trying to explain the context around it um and the fact that this year the braves do have like six or seven pretty reliable relievers that helps a lot you know you sign will smith we'll pitch him in the seventh because that's where we need him because we've got guys behind um you know the braves have got five six pitchers that they'll happily put in almost any spot maybe even more than that from the bullpen um, so that's been a real area of strength. And in a, in a series like this, where, you know, it might be that you need Will Smith to come and get two outs in the fifth, they can afford to do that and still have the guys that can carry them through the rest of the game. Yeah. Do you know, the, the, the interesting thing that's been thrown up from a Marlins bullpen perspective is, you know, the numbers thrown out there season long. Okay. Their bullpen ERA is, is terrible, you know, bottom five, but, you've already highlighted one of the games where that was heavily impacted, right? And you need to dig a little bit deeper into the numbers to understand what you're going to see. Obviously the Marlins, we had no players for a few weeks because everyone was on the IL. So we, we had relievers throwing that, (laughs) you know, should have never been anywhere near a major league roster, but they were. And so when you dig a little bit deeper, this is the thing you look at our five, the five guys, I would say going backwards, Kinsler, Garcia, Boxberger, Blyer, and Hoyt. Those five dudes um, have been excellent. The rest, not great, but the rest probably shouldn't have been pitching for the Marlins, but we had to. We had to get a, you know someone there to, to throw innings, and we had to have some Yamamoto situations. So I, I wouldn't point to the Marlins' bullpen and say that is a huge weakness. And it's been reported as a weakness in some of the articles I've seen, which for me is lazy. I haven't actually haven't watched the Marlins, to be honest, so um, one just on rosters, guys, just to throw it in there. One of the really interesting points for us will be Arrhenius obviously out. We didn't really have to make a decision on him because he wouldn't have been starting in, in the wild card. So I'm really intrigued to see what the Marlins do um, to effectively or potentially replace his spot. And the name to look out for potentially is, is, is Eddie Cabrera. Uh, he, he's, he's not pitched in the major leagues before, but he... Um, some people were, were talking about Eddie that that he is as I guess on a level with Sixto, if not beyond Sixto. So just a name to look out for. It's potential. It is potentially added to the roster for this series, which would be one hell of a story to come into an NLDS. You know, probably out the bullpen, but to make it make a major league debut in that spot um, would be would be huge. So. Um, Interested to see how the, the, the roster shake up for, for the Marlins too. And I don't know if there's any injury, more injury concerns from your perspective, but for us, Starling Marte is a, is a huge, huge concern. Um, Donnie yesterday in the, in the media 
update, I came away lacking confidence. He was saying that Mate is is truly a um, a cutoff decision for the roster, not just like to play in game one, but a roster decision, which to me sounds very worrying. He's broke broke a bone in his hand, so it's going to be a big loss for the Marlins, huge loss actually. If 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 Stalin you know can't make it through, um, what about what about the Braves? I mean, the one the one lingering thing Alex has been uh, Ronnie Acuna all season, like he's had this lingering what like kind of wrist or arm issue is that right he's he's apparently had some nagging wrist issues but um I, you know I, I don't i don't believe it's going to be anything that'll that'll limit his use uh just perhaps something to keep an eye on during the games if uh if he if he if he takes a if he takes a pitch off of the wrist uh urania is not in there so i don't think there's as much risk of that um <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but but yeah, I, I'm I, I'm fairly confident in the lineup. I think if there was going to be an issue with the wrist, it would have popped up already in the wild card series. Um, same with uh, same with Albies actually, uh, considering he lost fairly significant time this year to uh, to a similar injury. But uh, it, it also doesn't seem to be affecting him either. Uh, it wasn't like Freeman's elbow last year where Freeman just stopped hitting in October. Exactly. Um, Acuna was probably one of the best hitters over those two games. So, yeah, like if it sapped a little bit of its power, I don't think anyone's noticed. No. And from a lineup perspective, guys, I mean, it's an awesome lineup. Dangerous as hell. Who's been who's been the biggest surprise package in there, though? You know, because it's, it's literally guys who've, who've just hit. But who's been the biggest surprise for you? I think it has to be Marcelo Zuna at this point, who of course Marlins fans know quite well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, after last year, he absolutely destroyed us in the division series. Uh, and then we picked him up and there were obviously questions about his defense. Then the designated hitter was added. So we had to worry about that a bit less. Um, but I, I think any Braves fan would be lying to you if they said that they fully expected the, the production that we've gotten out of him this year. And uh, to, to be able to replace what we lost in Josh Donaldson uh, batting behind uh, Freddie Freeman or, uh, or, or, well, now that Freddie's batting second, perhaps someone else. Um, it, it's just, a, it's a, it, it's, it's necessary to keep our lineup as, as strong as it is. Uh, having, having Ozuna's bat in there has been just, just massive for us. Yep. What about you? Bob? We'll hail one-year contracts. That's the yeah. way. Um, yeah, I mean, like it, it says a lot that you asked the question, and I kind of glossed over Azuna and thought towards Travis Darno and Adam Duvall. Um, mm. There's been about three or four guys that have hit incredibly well. It was a bit painful watching the um, the wild card series. I mean, I, I don't think the the midday start in early October in uh, in Atlanta helped. Um, because there were about four or five right-handers getting out to exactly the same pitch for for most of the two-game series. But let's hope that being in uh, being in Houston, I mean, Braves are the home team in Houston, so they shouldn't have any issues seeing what's coming. Um, but you know, there's that there should be no concerns about that. Uh, with all due respect to the Marlins, I, I don't think we're going to face a, a guy like Trevor Bauer this week. Um, as good as say someone like Sixto could be and that kind of thing. I, I think that was the, you know, that, that one, two punch is as good as anything we could face for the next month. Um, and yeah, I, I think Duval and, and Darno are two guys. I hope they're smart enough to start Tyler Flowers once or twice in the series, because <laughs> I think, I think that the ghost of Brian McCann playing all five games last year was an 
underrated reason why the Braves shit the bed a bit in against the Cardinals. Um, and as good as Darno's been, uh, they've got to give him the odd day off in a in a what could be a straight five game series. Um, so yeah, like I think that the nice thing is that we've had lineups before. We had a lineup last year that felt like it was just four guys, and then kind of a, a steady decline. And okay, like Markakis is is not the Nick Markakis of two years ago. Swanson's very hot and cold. Austin Riley's a bit in and out. But there's confidence in in that the, the lower half of that lineup that I'd never seen from the Braves before. There was a time in 2017 where you could watch Markakis strike out and turn the telly off for half an hour until the top of the lineup came back round. Uh, we don't have to think that now. Um, so, yeah, if everyone's fit and everyone's healthy, um, if they can, you know, if they're not having any problems pricking up the balls, and I think that affected both teams last week. Like we said, we should be in, um, indoors at Minute Maid Park, so there shouldn't be any issues with lighting. Um, no complaints about this lineup. If they don't do it over five games, then, then you know that that's just that's just what happens. I don't think we're undercooked. Yeah, and there's a point I've made in in the past couple of pods I've done with the with the Marlins guys is you know the production out of the the three game the three guys you've mentioned there Ozuna, Dano, Duval. That production built around your core, right? You've already you've still got your core of studs that were already there. But then you've added to it with three more studs this year, so makes that lineup just incredible, um, you know, and, and just so dangerous, which is going to be very intriguing. Um, Alex, going into the series, you know, five game series, how are the confidence levels going into a series with the bottom feeders with the Marlins? As a Braves fan, as an Atlanta sports fan in general, uh, confidence is a funny thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I've seen far too many of my teams that were were supposed to win big postseason games uh, uh, fail to do that. So um, to say I, I'm supremely confident would be a lie. But um, I, I, I very much like our chances. Uh, I think I think we can make as deep a run as anybody, even with our our. Uh, rotation issues. Uh, I, I believe we have one of the strongest bullpens in the game, one of the strongest left in the postseason. Uh, I believe we have possibly the best, if not maybe second best lineup uh, remaining in the postseason, uh, provided that that nobody hits a hits a slump and that the the two games against the uh, the Reds were were an anomaly production wise. Um, the longer this series goes, the more nervous I will get obviously because of the question marks behind uh behind Freed and Anderson um I think it has yet to be seen if Kyle Wright has that quote postseason gear that he can shift into same for uh for for Wilson or Enoa uh depending on who would get the get the ball for game four um I I would I would very much like to see a, a stress-free series that we take in three games. Um, I, I don't know how much that hope would be based in reality, um, given the familiarity with both of these teams. Uh, the Marlins deserve a, a lot of respect for the work that they've done this year. Uh, they are not a team that, that I'm prepared to overlook uh, by any means. Um, but uh, I, I, will, I will say uh, the Braves take this in four games. Awesome. Well, I'll, there's going to be a follow-up coming up shortly, but that's fine for now. Bob, what about you? Confidence levels. I think you already said they, you weren't overly confident, but 
I think maybe you expect to win. Is that fair? I feel like when England are in the quarterfinal of a World Cup, <laughs> like, there's, that, there's that like perfect faint element of faint element uh, element of optimism, but combined with we've been here far too many times before. Yeah. Um, like you know, we should win. We may not. Um, if you want to win the World Series, this was kind of what I was thinking about because, like, I didn't want to face the Reds last week, and I, don't, I think most Braves fans would have agreed there were there were better options in a in a three game series than a team with the NL Cy Young and Luis Castillo and Sonny Gray. Yeah. But it's kind of like, you know, if it is really World Series or bust, you've got to win these series. So it's like, well. You know, it's not three games. There's there's a bit less chance, just random variety. Um, if you want to win the World Series in two weeks' time, you've got to be winning this one. That's no disrespect to the Marlins. That's just the fact. The Marlins are not as good as the Braves. Um, but that doesn't preclude them from winning it, and it critically doesn't preclude the Braves from losing it. So, like, I, I'm not... Like I, like I said, I'm in World Cup quarterfinal mode in the sense that like I'm not getting my hopes up too far because I know what happens. I think if we get through this one and then it's, say, the Dodgers, then it's like, okay, now it's like main event time. And now it's like, okay, now now it's the stuff that really matters. But I think that the critical thing was was that we, we quote-unquote celebrate winning the first postseason series in in 19 years, this will still be a failure if we don't get past this stage. And that's not on the Marlins. That's just because not getting to the final four is is not good enough for a team that I think is this good, even with its pitching problems. Yeah, I think that's fair. Right, guys, a um, couple more little bits to finish up. I've been doing this with, with all the guests in the past couple of days. We're just going to run through lineup rotation, bullpen, defense, and manager. And you've got to go... Braves or Marlins, and we'll try and work out where the strengths and weaknesses lie. Start up with you, Alex. Um, lineup, I think that's an easy one, right? Braves over Marlins. I, I, I would say so. I mean, there there are all the numbers in the world in the world to support it. Um, it, it it's just a matter of, of if they show up because uh, you know it's as as good as the offense has been. Uh, there are a lot of guys who who are very streaky hitters. Uh, Dansby Swanson comes to mind. He started started the season like a house on fire, looking like he was going to take National League MVP and then kind of cooled off in the back half of the season. But, you know, historically, he's been uh, one of the most clutch hitters on our team. So hopefully, uh, hopefully this series brings that back out of him and, and we see that. So, uh, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take the Braves lineup. Absolutely. Bob, same for you, I assume, right? Yeah, it doesn't preclude them from not turning out, but the Braves are the better lineup. Yeah. Bob, rotation, Marlins or Braves? Uh, I was thinking about that while Alex was answering the lineup one. Um, I'll say the Marlins just, I think if this is, you know, I think perhaps if this was a a traditional five-game series with off days, it might matter a bit less, but the fact that if this game, if the series goes five games, it'll be five off the reel. Um, I probably like the Marlins three and four more than I like the Braves three and four. Yeah. If we're talking rotation, it doesn't prevent the Braves from having a bullpen day, but I don't think that's the question. Yeah. No, no, that's not. There's a bullpen one coming up shortly, but um, yeah, Alex, what about you? Um, I, I tend to agree. If if you were asking me about uh, the first two starters, I, I would take the Braves certainly, but. Um, you know, I, I think that one's a push. Um, I, I think the, the 
Braves top two starters are, are far and away better than uh, than the Marlins top two. But uh, obviously there are question marks after that, whereas um, regardless of uh, of what you think about the the Marlins three and four starters, uh, they're solidified. Uh, you you know who those are. Uh, here we are in the division series and we're not entirely sure who would start a game four for us. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yes, with, like, with 15 pitchers on the roster, you'd more than have room for starters. It's not like, say, well, we need a bullpen day because we've got a roster crunch. There's definitely room for two more starters. The Braves just don't have them. Guys, this one, will be a, this one will be a slam dunk too, I think. Bullpen. Alex? Uh, it's, uh, of course, the Braves. Uh, <laughs> I mean, lo- looking, looking back to, to the trade deadline last year and the acquisitions of, of Mark Melanson and Shane Green and Chris Martin – um, all, all of them pitching quite well for us. Uh, and then in the off season, getting the, the best available reliever in Will Smith. Uh, it was, it was a, a scary regular season for Will Smith. Uh, he did not at all look like the player that we signed, but it, it seems that uh, in the postseason, uh, at least in the two games of the wild card series that he's, he's regained his form. So, so we, we truly have a, a, a four-headed monster at the back of our bullpen and some, some really great pieces, even aside from those four. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't say enough about the job that, that Tyler Matzik did in, in game one uh, in extra innings against the Reds. I, I don't think we win that game without him. Um, so having a guy like that that can come out and kind of surprise you without having one of those big names or contracts is, is really the strength of this bullpen. Yep. He, he's the guy that, before you mentioned him, I was just going to say to you, Matzek, he's the, we've seen him a few times during, during the year, and he's really stood out. You know, I've never heard of him before, ever, and, um, but he's really impressed watching him. So um, I tell you, the Braves, they've gone completely opposite to the Phillies, right, in terms of bullpen construction. Bloody hell, the Phillies have, uh, have decided to have, you know, the worst bullpen ever, but anyway, there's, there's only five minutes left of this pod. So I'm, I'm anxiously awaiting Bob's what is the point of the Phillies thread? <laughs> oh, it, it, it exists. It's not very long, but that does exist. <laughs> it's out there. There's about 10 posts on it. it it's not It's not the Excellent. 200 post monster. I'll, I'll link it to you once we, once we go off air. It's not very long yet, but it, it's building in pace. Let's say that. Perfect. And, and same for you, Bob, right? Bullpen has to be the brave. So, yes. Good. D, on the defense side, we're. I mean, it may not be easy to easy to answer, perhaps, because you probably don't watch a ton of the Marlins. But you know, from a Braves perspective, what's the what's the defense been like? I'm going to say Braves on the basis that I've seen Corey Dickerson drop like two very very regulation catches, <laughs> and that's about it. Um, but we we might. Yeah, we might see flashes of Marcelo Zuna in left field, although hopefully yeah. not for more than one or two games. Oh goodness um, gracious. The, the, the Braves are, you know, the Braves are pretty well built defensively. That's been the that's been the mo ever since Alex Anthopoulos took over. Was, you know, it, we, we can we can make gains in in pitching if we just have guys behind them that can do the job. Um, if everyone's healthy and in the right spots, I mean, admittedly Christian Pache will be out there, but he won't be. Um, but yeah, the, the Braves, I, I would say without knowing a lot about the Marlins, but I'm just going through my head in terms of the guys they've got. Yeah. Um, I would say the Braves, but you know, I'm willing to be proven wrong. Yeah, I guess so. Alex, any, any follow up on that one or happy with the Braves? 
No, I, I, I tend to agree. Um, I, I've watched most every Braves game this year and I've seen uh, a small handful of Marlins games. So I don't have a, a great read on, on the Marlins defensively. Um, but the, the Braves, I'll, I'll say they're solid defensively. I don't think they're the, the best defensive team in baseball, but uh, I think there's, they're certainly good enough to, uh, to support the, the pitching staff provided they, they get some good work out of them. Yeah. And to round it off, guys, the managers. I mean, we've already mentioned Snick, you know, once, once or twice. Donnie's been mentioned too. But so <laughs> who's got the advantage here? Or is it, again, another push? I'm going to sit I, on the fence and say that managers don't matter as much in baseball as people make out. So I, I, I'm not going to answer the question. <laughs> I, I'm going to use this opportunity to point out that with Urania out, uh, Don Mattingly is now the designated object of uh, Atlanta hatred. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so I will pick Snicker purely for that. Yeah, good. Guys, I think doing the sums there, I think it's about 4-1. 4-1-ish in, in the favor of the Braves you guys have gone. You won't be surprised to know when I've done this with all the Marlins guys, the Marlins have come out on top. So part of it is perhaps just because you know more about your own team, right? And um, you know less about, I mean, I don't know. So, so everyone said everyone said Mattingly over Snit, which is fair enough. They've taken what? The Marlins defensively and the Marlins pitching, right? There you go. Or the Marlins think, starting, right. There you go. So that's you know, I think that's where we're at, guys. You know, the Braves, how I see it, this is my, I guess, objective review. The lineup is dangerous. The bullpen's awesome. The rotation's got huge question marks. And I guess that's going to be the key bit. You know, can can you go deep with the guys you've got? And that's going to be the question you need to answer. So really, for you guys, if you, you need to win these first two. I think if you don't, if you split the first two, I think it'll be very nervous for the Braves. Um I believe our, our lineup is is good enough to win games if if none of the other sections of the team that we mentioned show up. Yeah. Um, so if if they can go out and, and put up big numbers, I, I think it's a short series. If the lineup goes out and, and gives us two to three runs a game, then I, I think it's it's a long series and it gets very interesting from there. Absolutely. Right. I think we've got a minute or two left. Let's finish up. Alex, I think I may have your predictions, but just to recap on that prediction in terms of the series outcome and an MVP. Okay. Uh, I will take Braves in four Mm -hmm. uh, with the MVP of the series. Adam Duvall. Duvall, like it. Well, I don't, but (laughs) (laughs) Bob, what about you, buddy? Uh, Braze in four, and because MVPs of short series are inexplicable, MVP Nick Markakis. Yes. Oh, boy. <laughs> had to get it in, right? He, he'll remember how to hit for one more series, and then it'll fall off a cliff against the Dodgers. <laughs> well, guys, I think we're just bang on time. So, firstly, thanks to you guys for hopping on in what is effectively a, a morning start for Alex and a midday session for Bob. So, a little bit... Um, uh, unfamiliar timings, but great to talk, guys. It's been a lot of fun. I'm really excited for this series. Uh, I think it's um, it could go either way. I understand your confidence, though. So um, it's not that, it's not confidence. That's just objectiveness. That's there you it. go. I think that's, fair. that's fair. So like, I, I think the Braves are going to win it in four, but I am not confident we're 
going to win the series at all is my <laughs> conflict here, basically. <laughs> well said, well said. No better place to finish it than that, guys. Episode 73 is now in the books. That is part four of four of the NLDS previews. And, well, at least either myself or Alex and Bob will be back for the NLCS. But until then, enjoy the series. Be back soon. Thanks, guys. Thanks.